2: Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I am Mike McGivern, alongside my co-host. He is here each and every week, Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Ken, how are you doing this week? I'm doing
3: great, Mike. Glad to be here with you. I look forward to uh, our guest today. This is going to be a great
2: program, just like last week. Yeah, it is. I've been excited about this one. Let me tell you first how how this happened. My wife, Terry, was working, listening to VCY, and... uh, Pastor David Chadwick from Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, was on. And and she sent me a text and said, I might have an idea for you on a guest. And this is the first time she's done that. And mm-hmm. I said, really? And she said, hey, you need to call me because this guy might be really good for you. And she wrote down all the information, and I called Forest Hill Church. And I uh, left a message for, for Pastor David's um, assistant or, or somebody there who called me back immediately on Tuesday and said, hey, let's talk about this. And I have to tell you, this thing was was, was great, and she was wonderful. She was so helpful, and we had some fun on the phone, and, and, and uh, it's worked out really well. So our special guest today for the entire hour is Pastor David Chadwick of Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. David, how are you doing today?
1: I'm fine, thank you.
2: Great to talk with you. Do you know, uh, Pastor Ken, you and I like to talk about how we could still knock down jump shots every once in a while? If you give me the ball, Mike, that's the key. Well, <laughs> you know what? I'm not passing to you because you ain't ever going to pass it back. Let me tell you a little bit about the background of, of David Chadwick. He played for North Carolina. He played for Dean Smith, and he played in a Final Four. So you and I, if we're going, if we're gonna get an old guy three on three, we're gonna get Chadwick yeah, that, with us. That sounds really good to me. That sounds good to me, Mike. Uh, keep it going, buddy. David, can you rebound to play a little defense?
3: Well,
1: I don't know if I can do much of anything anymore. These knees start creaking at an older age, and so you just have to kind of move on and find other things. Mostly, just living through your kids as they play sports.
3: Okay.
2: <laughs> well, if we can find a, uh, you know a. a Fifty and over, three on three, and if I can sit in one corner, and Pastor Ken can sit in the other corner, and you just and, and keep you do rebu- all the work, Dave. You I ball- get the rebound. You re- a lot, guys. You rebound. <laughs> re- <laughs> re- hey, hey, we will cheer you on as an assist guy. Oh <laughs> <We> man,
3: will- <laughs>
1: friends like you.
2: <laughs> exactly. Hey, but you know what, Dean Smith would he'd be uh, you'd be the guy that he'd be most proud of if you passed the ball. He, he that's li-
1: exactly right. He-,
2: he liked guys that got in the gap and kicked and 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 were unselfish players. Yeah, David, if, if we can start, uh, you know, when 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 Dean Smith passed away, um, I had a uh, Chuck Sullivan, who I work with here at Entercom, told me a story that uh, that in his will he had them send a two hundred dollar check out um, to anybody who lettered for him with a note saying uh, Coach Smith wants you to take your wife out to dinner. And yeah, I'm just wondering if you can tell us a little bit about that story.
1: Well, it's exactly true. Um, My wife and I were actually in Iowa, and our uh, second son is a swimmer at the University of Missouri, and he was swimming in the NCAAs. And uh, a friend of mine here in Charlotte texted me and said, hey, congratulations on the $200 check from Coach Smith. And and I thought to myself in reading the text, what in the world is he talking about? (laughs) I had no clue. And then a friend of mine, Scott Flower, who's a sports writer for the Charlotte Observer, called me soon thereafter and said, Hey, what's this about a $200 check? And, and I said, Scott, I'm here in Iowa. I don't know what you're talking about. And he explained to me that, again, Coach Smith had written in his will and asked uh, Ken Breedlove here in Charlotte, his attorney, to make sure every one of his lettermen got a $200 check after he passed away so that they could take their wife out to dinner. What's most amazing about that is uh, he gave those instructions, obviously five, six years ago, while he was still cognizant. He, he lost uh, his memory the last five years or so. So he was thinking that far ahead, knowing that that neurocognitive disorder was beginning to rob him of one of his most precious commodities, his memory. And he made sure that he had that in his will because he wanted, even from the grave, to reach back and to love his players. In Mm -hmm. fact, I wrote this recent book entitled It's How You Play the Game. It's coming out very, very soon. And it's on Coach Smith's life and leadership. The book was practically finished. And then when this uh, news of the check having arrived came, I called my editor, Harvest House Publishers, in Eugene, Oregon, and I said, this has got to be a part of the book. And so quickly, immediately, I wrote an outtake, and we put it into the book, and it's there, uh, the whole idea of him blessing his players even from the grave.
3: That is just a tremendous um, testimony to Coach Dean Smith's love for his players, uh, Pastor David. I I, I tell you, that— I, have, have you heard from many of the players, has that been something talked about amongst the guys, or is just, um, everybody's just kind of awestruck of it? Or
1: Well, I think all of us were surprised by it, and when we get together, we obviously talk about it. The, the biggest debate was, well, should I frame it and right. keep it uh, you know, in a in some kind of picture frame and hang it someplace because it's so amazing, or should I go ahead and, and cash it in and uh, maybe take my wife out to dinner or maybe give it away. It, it's interesting. Um, one friend of mine did actually frame it. He didn't cash it. He just wants to remember Coach Smith that way. Another former player uh, gave the money to the poor because wow. he said that's where Coach Smith would have given it, and I'm convinced. And then Bobby Jones, who was an All-American back in the 1970s, lives here in Charlotte, said – I learned long ago you do exactly what Coach Smith tells you to do. <laughs> I'm taking my wife out to dinner.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, sure you probably, I'm sure you probably ran uh, sprints if you didn't do what he told you to do. <laughs>
2: oh, my, how many sprints we ran when we didn't do what he tell, told us to do. <laughs> you know, Ch- Chuck Sullivan here, uh, and I had that conversation, and I said, I-, I have to tell you there's no chance that I could have cashed it. I would have framed it, and I would – Want to be able to look at it and, and remember him. And Chuck said, Well, what would the dollar amount be? And I go, I don't know, five, six, seven hundred, six, 700, but 200, I think that I would frame it. I think I'd be in that camp. Uh, just a wonderful, um, just an expression of, of his love for the guys that played for him.
1: Yeah, that that was the bottom line. Uh, we were his family. And you'd talk to guys who played for him, whether it was in the NBA or at the Olympic level, wherever it was, and we'd all talk about him being like a a surrogate father, a godfather, and we being in his family. And other guys just didn't understand it. They didn't have that kind of experience with their college coach. But that really is true. He cared about his players more than he did himself. And I think that was what made him especially unique Mm -hmm. as a coach.
2: Mm -hmm. We're talking to Pastor David Chadwick from Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. He played uh, at uh, UNC from 1968 to 1971. Uh, He is the senior pastor at Forest Hill Church. Uh, You also wrote a book, uh, The 12 Leadership Principles of Dean Smith. When when was that written?
1: Well, I actually wrote that one back in uh, 1999. And uh, a friend of mine here in Charlotte uh, underwrote me flying all over the country and talking with people. And uh, that book uh, did pretty well. Uh, It eventually ran its course. And then when Coach Smith passed away on February the 7th, uh, I was in a conversation with Harvest House Publishers about another book. And I casually mentioned to them, hey, you know, some people have said to me that if Coach Smith passed away, I ought to have his book republished. And I offered it to them, and they took it immediately. And so I rewrote about a fourth of it, maybe even a third of it, and uh, it's going to come out in the next couple of weeks. So that's been exciting. It's a rewrite of that book that I wrote back in uh, 1999.
3: Pastor David, what, uh, just share a little bit more about Coach Smith, I mean, playing for him, yeah. how you, uh, I mean, maybe a highlight uh, for you personally with him uh, uh, in, in those days that you're playing for uh, North Carolina.
1: Well, I think it was uh, the day that he looked at me and said, you know, you could be a significant part of this program. Here are the things that you need to work on. And if you'll do these three things, get faster, get quicker, get stronger, get stronger, do these kind of drills during the summertime, I really think you could be a significant contributor. And that came after my sophomore year when I didn't get to play a whole lot, and I wondered if I could ever even play at North Carolina, much less the ACC. But when he sat down and encouraged me and told me he believed in me and that he really thought I could contribute, I went home and I did everything he told me to do during the summer. I worked so hard in those three areas, and I came back stronger, bigger, faster, quicker, and sure enough, I got to start four games. I got to play a lot of minutes. Uh, I began to really see significant progress in my ability to contribute to the team. And it all became because he said to me, I believe in you. I think you could be a good player. And those words stimulated me to become the good player I ultimately became.
3: I mean, the power of an encouraging word. I mean, that that's a testimony of it right there.
1: It really is. Proverbs 18.21 says that life and death is in the tongue, and many people know how edifying words can make your life meaningful, how negative words can destroy you for a life. And Coach Smith knew the power of positive words. One of my favorite stories didn't happen on a team I played on, but they were playing Louisville in the game that would get them to the Final Four. They were down by four with about 30 seconds to go. Coach Smith called timeout. The players came over to the bench. You could tell they were a little forlorn, thinking maybe the game was over. He sat down in front of them. He said, hey, guys, isn't this fun? <laughs> We've got them right where we want them to be. And then he said, hey, and there are 10,000 high school players around the country right now who'd love to be in your position. Then he turned to one of the guys and said, hey, Vince, Vince Carter, by how many do you think we're going to win?
3: And he went, uh,
1: one coach. And then he turned to another player and said, how many do you think we're going to win by? And the coach went, uh, uh, two. And then he turned to Antoine James and He said, Antoine, how many do you think we're going to win? And Antoine James said, coach, we're going to win by four. And they won by four in overtime.
2: <laughs> you know, well, that's a great story. That a phenomenal story. And, and and I've talked about Chuck Sullivan a couple of times in this segment, but he gave me one more story. He uh, Coach Smith, um, and this was uh, probably ten years ago or so. And he was at some event, and there was a lot of people, and and he had to get. To another event and he had guys with him uh to get him to his car to be taken to another event and they're running late so his guys were like come on coach we gotta go we gotta go and there was a young guy standing off to the young kid standing off the side with his hand out and had a north carolina hat on and he stopped and they said coach we don't have time he said no no stop he went over and shook the young man's hand he said you want an autograph The young man gave him his kiss cap and he signed it and the guy said, "Look, coach, we really have to go." He said, "Stop! You have no idea if this young man will grow up to be about six eight and can 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 shoot a little bit. I need to stop and say <laughs> hello to him." <laughs> and you know what? These guys just said, "You're right, coach. No problem." And I just love stories like that. Yeah. Well, know, let me I- give
1: you another one. This was happened after his retirement, uh, again before the dementia set in, but it was I think in the year two thousand eight or so. He was at a Chapel Hill restaurant with a dear friend of his and the waitress knew who he was, Was very nervous serving him, and he could tell her nervousness. So finally, at the end of the meal, he turned to her and said, is there anything I can do for you? And she said, oh, Coach, I would just give anything if you would give me your autograph. He said, well, sure, and he took a napkin and said, what's your name? And he signed her name on it and said best wishes, and then gave his name and then gave it to her, and she just thought she'd inherited the greatest treasure on the face of the earth. And then he said, well, before you leave, I want you to do something for me. She said, Coach, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Handed her a napkin and said, I want your autograph.
3: And she said,
1: what? He said, no, I want your autograph. He said, because what you do, serving tables, is every bit as important as what I did coaching a stupid basketball
2: team. Oh, man. Wow. That's a powerful (laughs) story. It it is. Hey, guys. Great man. Yeah, great man. We're going to continue our conversation with Pastor David Chadwick from Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. There's a number of ways that that you can either reach out or or find out more about David. You can go to foresthill.org, foresthill.org. You can follow him at Twitter uh, at FH David Chadwick. Let me just tell you, here's my favorite part. I, I, I just started following him on Twitter today. And uh, this is his description lover of Jesus, his word, his church, my wife, kids, grandchildren, and hoops in that order. <laughs> David Chadwick, you know what? Then I immediately hit follow. Boom, follow. <laughs> I, he's got uh, books. You can go to Amazon or ChristianBook.com. And. Uh, there's a couple of books that are kind but of, are they both coming out, the How to Play the Game? Is that a, a totally new book or is that a rewrite? Yeah, it,
1: it's a totally new rewrite of the 12 Leadership Principles of Dean Smith I wrote about 16 years ago. And this one's entitled It's How You Play the Game, uh, then dash the 12 Leadership Principles of Dean Smith. It really is emphasizing, as he did, what's most important isn't whether uh, you win or lose. It really is most important how you play the game and its tips on how Coach Smith taught us to live and lead our lives.
2: And one other way that you can, uh, and, and I started looking at these today, we're going to talk about these as the show goes on. You can go to davidchadwick.org slash blog. And there's a, I read a number of his blog postings, and, and there's a couple that are really relevant to some of the things that we've discussed on this, uh, on this show that we're going to get to uh, later on in the show. Let's get to a break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM,
0: The Fan.
2: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He's the pastor at Brookside Baptist Church, Pastor Ken Keltner. Our special guest for the entire hour. He is from Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, Pastor David Chadwick. Uh, pastor, we we had uh, went to a break with me talking about uh, finding some of the things that 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 you do, and and again for people that to. to, to Follow him on Twitter. It's at F H uh, David Chadwick. Again, my favorite lover of Jesus, His Word, His Church, my wife, kids, grandchildren, and hoops in that order. I just that that maybe hit follow immediately. Um, if we can, let's talk about your background and where you grew up and and how you got to to, uh, to North Carolina to play basketball. I guess.
1: Yeah, you bet. I was born in North Carolina. My dad was a pastor, so we moved around a lot. Moved from Charlotte to Kansas City and spent three years there, then moved to uh, Orlando, Florida. Uh, by that point, I'd grown to my present height around 6'8", and began to get a little coordinated, and I uh, began to get a little bit of a name for myself. I began to get recruited, and uh, Coach Smith wrote me a letter and said he was interested in recruiting me. I filled out the form, and one day in the stands, I looked up, and there he was. And I couldn't believe that a school of that prestige and of his notoriety would particularly be interested in me. But uh, they kept recruiting me, kept coming after me, and eventually, at the end of my senior year, they offered me a scholarship, and I signed. And in 1967, went into North Carolina, played there four years, as you mentioned, played one Final Four. Uh, we won the NIT Championship my senior year. Uh, that was when it was especially still a very prestigious tournament. Only 16 teams went to the NCAA, and the other 16, next 16, went to the NIT. And we blew through that and won it. Uh, We'd lost going to the NCAA back when the ACC tournament only one team could go, and that was the winner of the tournament. We
2: won the regular
1: season and and got upset in the finals of the ACC tournament by one point on a freak play. Uh, Those things happen in life, but uh, we went on then and won the NIT. So had a great career, a wonderful time there. And after that, I went to the European Professional Leagues and played for three years over there and then came back and uh, worked for a couple of years as a graduate assistant at the University of Florida, still trying to figure out what God wanted for my life. And then I felt that undeniable, unalterable call uh, after those two years, and went into seminary, and have been at Forest Hill Church in Charlotte since 1980.
3: Pastor David, tell one aspect on Faith in the Zone that we'd love to hear about is how your journey, I mean, when you began your journey of faith with, with Jesus Christ, we'd love, to, love for you to share that story of your testimony with us.
1: Well, thank you. Um, my mom and dad obviously planted seeds of faith within me. Uh, growing up in a pastor's home, they both were dedicated to the Lord, Uh, I probably look back on those years and realize my faith was more caught than taught. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw them live their lives for the Lord. And then I was at an FCA conference in Black Mountain, North Carolina, my senior year in high school. And for whatever reason, suddenly the gospel made sense to me. The idea that I had sinfulness in my life, and I needed it to be forgiven, and Jesus died in my place on the cross, and that by grace through faith, not of my works, because I can never work enough to be perfect in the sight of a perfect holy God— God gave me the grace gift of forgiveness and eternal life, and I accepted that, and I've been trying to live for Him ever since.
3: And I'm sure you've been giving out that message. That is a wonderful testimony, and a, and, and yet for each of us that know Christ personally, a great message that He's commissioned us to give to people. And um, I can just sense that you've been giving out that message, uh, Pastor David. That's tremendous. You well,
1: know, that's my weekly regular message I love to give. There's no other better news in all of the world. That is the good news, that we're forgiven of our sins, and now by grace, through faith, not of our works, we have eternal life. And I probably ought to add that, you know, people through the years have nurtured that faith, have uh, planted their seeds of faith in my life, and one of those was Coach Dean Smith. Mm. Uh, Coach Smith had a very real faith. It was meaningful to him, and uh, throughout the years before his dementia occurred and his ultimate death, he would communicate regularly with me, articles he enjoyed. He um, cassette tapes. Remember those things (laughs) that he used to love to listen to, and he'd send them to me? Um, Just a great man, and my faith was nurtured by, of course, my dad and mom primarily, but also by people like Coach Smith through the years. Uh,
2: David, would uh, Coach Smith, uh, was he openly a strong Christian man? Would he talk about his faith?
1: Oh, yes, very much so. Um, We would have the Lord's Prayer before every game. Uh, He had a Jewish player on the team when I played, but he just said to him, this is my faith commitment, and uh, I hope it doesn't offend you, and it didn't. Uh, He had uh, some Muslim players on his team later on, the same thing. He would say, this is where I stand, but I respect your faith too. Uh, He was very open about it. He spoke regularly at FCA conferences. FCA magazine did a huge article on him one time. So his faith was not a private faith. He was very open about it. You know, we didn't agree on every issue. Uh, he had, in some cases, some positions that I didn't necessarily agree with him on, but he was very respectful of me and I him, and we dialogued about those differences on a regular basis. He was just a good and honorable man, had a great compassion for racial justice. He was the one who integrated North Carolina's basketball team back in the mid-1960s. Charlie Scott was the first African-American athlete in the Atlantic Coast Conference, and Coach Smith hated that in Chapel Hill during that time period there was segregation. So he went into a restaurant in 1959 with a seminary student and a pastor and demanded that they serve the black seminary student. And uh, when you're the assistant coach at that point of uh, the University of North Carolina's basketball team, you do what that coach wants. And he helped break down the racial barriers, and it was largely and mostly because of his deeply held Christian belief that the ground at the foot of the cross is level, and all people are equal in the sight of God.
2: Amen. Amen. We're Amen. talking to Pastor David Chadwick of Forest Hill North Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. He played for uh, for Coach Dean Smith uh, from 1968 to 1971, and he's now the senior pastor again at Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.
3: Yeah, Pastor David, you were talking, uh, you know, about the wonderful opportunity, the good news, the gospel. I, I heard Jay Vernon McGee say that, uh, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He says that could be preached every Sunday.
1: <laughs> mm. Well, he's right. Yeah, he is right. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It's good news, and it never
3: gets to the old news. Boy, you're exactly right. What uh, What are some opportunities that God's given to you, Pastor David, with um, your platform? God's obviously given you a platform in sports and being there at the University of North Carolina to uh, reach out with the Gospel to others. I'd just be interested in some of the scenarios God's opened up for you in that way.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, You know, here in Charlotte, uh, I have a weekly radio program on a secular station uh, that has allowed me to speak uh, faith and values and the Gospel truth to uh, thousands upon thousands here in the city who like that station but might not ever come to church, and that's been a great privilege. Um, the Lord's also opened up some doors with television for me that uh, I've been grateful for. Um, I have become one of the speakers of Back to the Bible Broadcast Now, which broadcasts all over the nation. That's been a wonderful opportunity and privilege. Uh, Harvest House Publishers, which is publishing my most recent book, It's How You Play the Game, uh, The Twelve Leadership Principles of Dean Smith, has offered me some more book deals that give me the opportunity to share the gospel. Uh, but mostly I'm thrilled that God has given me more of an international platform, uh, the church I pastor now has missions work in India. Uh, we have missions work in Central Africa. We have missions work in Northern South America. We have missions work all throughout the Caribbean. Um, we have missions work in Lebanon, and we've especially targeted unreached peoples groups. You know, in India mm-hmm. alone, yep. there are 400,000 people who 400,000 uh, people who've never heard the name of Jesus, and so we've taken seriously trying to reach those people for the Lord. So God has opened many doors for me. I've been eternally grateful, and I'll walk through as many others that he opens up for me uh, until I go home to be with him.
2: That's awesome. Hey, we have got to get to a quick break. Other side of the break, I really want to kind of talk a little bit about uh, a couple of the blogs that that, that you posted uh, that I think are, again, some of the guests that we've had and a lot of the listeners that we have uh, here to this show that I've had conversations with and I and I I wanted to get to your take. One is uh the, the title is Smart Man. It's Romans four twenty two that I think is is really fitting to to some of the conversations that we've had on the show and conversations with, with people that I've had that listen to the show. And you can check out some of these blogs, davidchadwick.org slash blog um and 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 read it for yourself. I think it's a great website. You can also go to Forest Hill uh, .org to get more information on Pastor David Chadwick. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057FM, the Fan.
0: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brain Balance of Megwan. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 1057 FM, the Fan. All this time.
2: Uh, Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co host, Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, and he's been great, I have to tell you, Pastor David Chadwick of Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina before we went to a uh, the break I talked a little bit about a couple of the blogs that I that I read today and again you can you can check these out at davidchadwig.org blog and you wrote one um smart man uh Romans 422 I I have to tell you David I was uh I went to Catholic schools went to Catholic grade school Catholic high school and you know I was told and I was told as a young man to carry that Bible you don't have to worry about what's in it carry it. We'll tell you what's in it. And you have to do good works. So make sure you're doing good works. And I was telling Pastor Ken, before we, we called you that, you know, I thought if I, if I helped a lady across the street with her groceries, that I could go ahead and go get in a fist fight. Cause now I'm even, now I'm even, no <laughs> worries. You know what? And if I got in two fist fights, then I better, t- I better help two ladies across the street. Cause again, I better make sure that I'm even and not until you know, we not until my wife started going to a church called Eastside Baptist, and and uh, I would sit at home on Sundays and help her get the kids in the car and say, "Don't drink the Kool Aid," at that church you're going to, and I'd sit down <laughs> to watch a little football. And then, you know, I was at a bad place in my life, and uh, and needed to, to 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 find out what was so exciting to her about what was going on at, uh, at at church. And then they said, "Well, open the Bible, let's read it together." And I was like, "What?" Whoa, whoa I I don't know. So I'm reading Smart Man that that you wrote. Um, and it says uh that is why his faith is uh, was counted to him as righteousness. And what the, the the line that jumped out to me, um we can we can work as many good works as possible yet still not have enough uh quotes unquote counted by God to declare us righteous. If we can never do enough good works to be counted as righteous, what is our what is our only other option? And that just jumped off the page to me. And so thank you so much for writing that. But that's kind of what I thought growing up. And I think it's important that guys that are listening who have asked me these questions understand that that doing good works is not—it's just not going to get you to where you want to go.
1: Well, if I could put it simply, Mike, it would be this. Uh, God is perfectly holy. Uh, We're far from him. So the question we've all got to ask is how do we enter into the presence of a holy God? There are two options, either we can do it or it has to be done for us. In fact, I would argue that there aren't thousands of worlds religions. There are two. You either do enough to earn God's favor and achieve your righteousness, or it has to be done for you by God to give you it to you as a free gift. And the truth is, if God is holy and we're not, we could work until the end of times, but we could never do enough because of our own selfish nature to earn God's credits to be counted on as righteous in his presence. So if that's tacitly impossible, and I think most people, if they're honest with themselves, know they've not come close to perfection and perfect holiness, then the only other option is God has to become one of us and live the perfect life that we can't live, and then take the punishment that God should uh, bestow upon us, upon himself, and then offer us forgiveness not based on our works, but only because of his grace. And, And that has been done for us through Jesus, 33 years living the righteous requirements of the law that we can't live and then dying in our place on the cross, taking the wrath of God upon himself instead of us. And then we receive, again, the gift of eternal life. It has been done for us. So everybody's got to ask, is their religion due do or done? And every religion falls into one of those two categories, all in due except one, which is the Christian faith, which says it's been done for us by grace through faith. And I'd add this caveat that works aren't unimportant, but works are the result of grace by faith. We're not saved by our works. We are saved for good works. And good works prove that we've been saved by grace through faith, but they can never, ever earn us righteousness to God.
3: Yeah, Pastor David, I usually just share with folks on the on the works that it's like a PS for me to just say thank you to God for what He's done for me on that cross. You know, I I just can't do enough to say thank you to the Lord for His willingness to take my punishment. And uh, absolutely, it's a yeah, you know, and. Uh, it's interesting over the last several years how different movies have come out. You know, I think of the, the passion that came out and, and how people flocked to see that. And, and yet, you know, I, I know people were left at, well, why did he do that? I mean, why, why, did, he, why did he go on ahead and, and take that beating and take that time on the cross? And, and that's the message of the gospel. He did it for, he did it for you and me. He, oh, did exactly. it for, he did it for the world.
1: Yeah, that 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 crown of thorns should have been our crown of thorns. It sure should have. beating should have been our beating, and the spear should have been our spear, and the nails our nails, that Mm -hmm. uh, he was the substitutionary atonement, to use the fancy biblical term, uh, for us. That he took the punishment due us upon himself so that we wouldn't have to. It, A, gives you an insight into how severe our sin is, that it deserves Uh, that kind mm -hmm. of punishment, but B, it gives you an idea of the extraordinary love of God, that he would take it upon himself, so that we wouldn't have to.
2: Absolutely. He is Pastor David Chadwick from Forest, Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can uh, go to foresthill.org and, and listen to some of his messages. You can uh, f- certainly do what I did today and, and and follow him on Twitter. He's got some just some great tweets. Uh, it's at FHDavidChadwick. Again, lover of Jesus, his word, his church, my wife, kids, grandchildren, and hoops in that order. That's that's my favorite. David, before we get to a break, uh, how many kids do you have?
1: I have three kids. Uh, my daughter is my oldest child, and she's married to Ryan. They've just planted a church here in the Charlotte area. They have three children, our grandchildren. My joke is, if I'd known grandparenting was so much fun, I'd have skipped parenting altogether. You would be both, um, brother. Amen <laughs> to that. <laughs> I have a son, David, who is just graduating from Valparaiso University. He was a scholarship basketball player there. And my third son, Michael, is a scholarship swimmer at the University of Missouri. So oh, I'm well, grateful for the you. three children that God's given me.
2: Yeah. Th- that's awesome. As, as Pastor Ken said, he's got four sons. I've got a son and a daughter. And um, son Matthew got a chance to play at Maranatha Baptist Bible College, a little basketball. Uh, Pastor Ken's sons, uh, they played, uh, all of them played, right? Yeah,
3: all of them played. At Lancaster,
2: uh, down mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. And uh, so we're all, you know, all of us have, not only did we coach, did you coach at all, David? Uh, I coached my son
1: uh, for some years and when he was playing AAU basketball. And then I coached uh, at the University of Florida as a graduate. That's for right. Two years in my pilgrimage toward ministry
2: so mm-hmm. we've all we've all coached and we've all been parents having to sit in the uh in the stands as somebody yeah. else coaches <laughs> our son i it's it's uh, both are tough don't you think uh, absolutely, they're
3: tough. You absolutely <laughs> Thank- they're tough absolutely they're tough and I want
1: I'd rather play the game than watch my son's play.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> no and, or, and, or play against him, you know. Yeah, I mean oh they, they... <laughs> I,
2: I tell you I'd rather coach him. I you know I felt like I still had a little control when I was coaching Matthew, but when I had to sit in the in the uh, stands as he played in college he sat he
3: up in the top row. He wouldn't even said, sit oh. no. He, he sat up in the top yeah. row of the gym. I tried I to sit by him.
2: Totally. I, I didn't want anybody <laughs> sitting by me. I didn't want you to know what I was saying under my breath. Guys, we got to get to a quick break. Other side of the break, we will th- uh, have one segment left with Pastor David Chadwick of Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Hello Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me.
2: Back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I am Mike McGivern alongside my co-host, Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church, our special guest for the entire hour, Pastor David Chadwick, Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can go to Hill.org um, again, or you can follow him and, and, and do what I did today. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at uh, fhdavidchadwick. Uh, also, the books uh, that, that that your book coming out again. It's 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 a a new book. Um, it's how to play the game. Uh, who is the publisher again, David?
1: Publishers, Harvest House Publishers, in Eugene, Oregon, and it should be out now. You can get it on Amazon.com, uh, BarnesandNoble.com, and it's going to be in the bookstores very soon.
2: That that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, this is exciting. I'm looking forward to uh, to picking it up. You know, one of the things that we talk about a lot uh, here on this show is because we have a lot of coaches. Um, and, and some coaches from public schools, uh, David, then, and one of the questions that we get a lot is, is from these guys, look, I, I want to be able to share my faith. It's hard to do in a public school setting. I'm wondering what advice you might give to them as, as, uh, as basketball or football coaches.
1: Well, I think first of all, they've got to understand their school's policy and how strict it may be. Uh, getting that information probably helps a lot. I think, secondly, they can understand that they can throw it in there from time to time and it it not be very offensive. You know, when you're uh, on the court and you might refer to something like, hey, helping one another is is the essence of who God made us to be. I mean, those kind of little comments certainly express your faith and let people know where you stand. If the school's open to it, uh, you know, prayers before games uh, Mm -hmm. that are generic. I've learned in my life, if I pray the prayer, Uh, in the name of the one I personally know as Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is very non-offensive to people. I'm acknowledging that I know there are people out there who don't have that as their basis for prayer, but it's my basis for prayer. And and again, most people are very open to that kind of thing. And finally, I'd say if you live your life in such a way uh, Mm -hmm. that it expresses faith, it's generally caught. I, I shared earlier how my mom and dad taught me a lot, but I think I mostly caught my faith from them. And, and that speaks loudly to, to kids. Um, who was it? Uh, was it a, a CC who said, to preach the gospel and, if necessary, say something?
2: Mm, now, now, God no. gave us
1: words, and we're supposed to say something. But on the other hand, our actions speak a lot louder than our words. So I encourage coaches to live their faith and create a thirst and hunger in the hearts of their kids. Well, why are you living this way? What makes you different?
3: Yeah, someone's told me your walk talks a lot louder than your talk talks. Right. And uh right, exactly. you know, I just uh you know, when I was uh, coaching a 6A school in in Denver, I I just would have guys come over to the house and then also uh you know, we'd have their families come over, have a meal with them and go out and shoot some basketball and just just be real with them. And I was always amazed too that they wouldn't know why why I wouldn't use profanity.
1: Interesting. Well, yeah. that's that's Coach Smith in my four years there. I never heard him cuss once, and I've talked to all the players that I know of who played for him. They never heard him cuss once. I asked him once, Coach, why did you never curse? And his answer was interesting. He said, "I just don't want people to know I'm very dumb." He said, "I can always think of a better word." <laughs> that is
2: that's, a great line. I tell you, that that that's yeah. a great line. Hey, when you look back at, at on those days, and, and and I'm sure that the guys that you played with. Um, if, if you keep in contact with your ever reunion, there, you've got to be able to fill a week full of time with, with Coach Smith's stories.
1: Oh, easily. I mean, I could fill days worth of times with Coach Smith's story. The, the book I've just wrote that we've referred to, It's How You Play the Game, coming out now, has story after story after story of it uh, from my perspective and also former players' perspective. Uh, giving insights into coach smith what, what i love is going back to the cursing illustration when i interviewed bob knight for the book you know the great coach from indiana mm-hmm. and i asked him the difference between him and coach smith he paused for a second and said well coach smith's the master of the four corners offense i'm the master of the four-letter word <laughs>
3: <laughs> i was going to ask you about that four-corner offense i mean you had to be there during uh, during the I days watched. of that big four-corner offense
1: yeah, it was and, and it got a lot of uh, debate pro and con. All I can tell you is
3: Well the, the clock Smith came
1: was a, he was a mathematician and he came up with the reality that we won eighty plus percent of our games if we were ahead and went into the four corners five minutes or less. I mean who didn't want to win and who wouldn't take those odds?
3: Well you know <laughs> when I he just held up
1: the four corners, we went, Yay, go for it.
3: Yeah, I just saw uh, I don't know if it was an ESPN magazine or what, but it was showing after his death. In honor of his four-corner offense, the UNC team this year went into the uh, four-corner offense. Did you you remember seeing that?
1: that? Yeah, Roy Williams, in the game after Coach Smith died, uh, held up four fingers. The symbol of Coach Smith back when, and they went into the four corners, and they actually scored on it.
2: They did. (laughs)
1: did. Another great thing about the book is that Roy Williams agreed to write the forward to it, and it's just a very touching and moving forward that he wrote to the book. I really appreciated him doing that.
2: Are you still a big uh, Tar Heel fan? Because if you are, I feel bad that the Badgers had to knock you out of that tournament this year. Oh,
1: gosh. I am still a big uh, UNC fan, and and go Badgers. They did well. Hey, in fact, one of the guys in in the church I pastor down here is Brad Nortman, who used to kick for the Badgers. And Brad's become a good friend, and uh, we always joke about the the Badgers having knocked out the heels.
2: Yeah, Mm. I I believe he uh, played uh, high school football uh, at Brookfield Central here in Wisconsin, I think.
1: That that's probably right. I, I I do know that it was somewhere in your area. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: well, you know, would you? Uh, I'd sure like to uh, reach out to you, but and uh, it'd be nice for me to finally have a, uh, another Badger fan. We we uh, the last yeah. couple of weeks when uh, Coach uh, Pastor Ken is from Oklahoma, and originally we've had a couple Oklahoma guys on. We had a guy from Texas that knew. Oh, we about had to- Oklahoma. we had Tommy Nelson on. Tommy last Nelson, week. You, Nelson, you familiar was
3: on? with Tommy Nelson down at Denton Bible Church? Yeah, I'm yeah, sure, I know of him. Yeah, we we had him on last week. He yeah. he played football at North Texas State. He uh he was really good. He was enjoyable. If you miss that broadcast, you can go back and pick it up.
2: Yeah, faithinthezone.com for for that. Hey, when we were talking about our families a little while ago, um your sons had had interest in sports uh right away. Was that something that that you thought was important for for them as they grew?
1: Absolutely. I'm David, my oldest son uh was throwing uh, balled-up socks into a lampshade uh, when he was two <laughs> years old. I mean, you could tell the kid was going to love hoops, and he got to be 6'9", so uh, it was easy for him to follow that. M- Michael, though, was not as good in basketball. He was a little short. He's about about 6'6", but he jumped into a pool when he was about 8, and he hadn't gotten out since. Yeah. And he, he holds awesome. three Missouri records now, and he's uh, really a, a good swimmer. So they both learned a lot about life through sports. And Marilyn, my wife, and I are pleased that they learned so much discipline and hard work, perseverance, working together, all those things that sports teaches you is almost a microcosm of the macrocosm of life.
3: Mm.
2: We were talking to Pastor David Chadwick from Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Pastor, we've had uh, Homer Drew and Bryce Drew mm-hmm. on the show, and, and it was interesting. Um, when we had uh, we had Bryce on, he talked about what, how he recruits, and, and he's not afraid to talk about who he is um, and, and, and about his faith. Do you remember the the recruiting process for your son? Was that something that was talked about?
1: Well, we would have hoped that he would play for a Christian coach. And I knew Bryce back when he played for the Hornets back in the 1990s. I was the chaplain to the Hornets, and Bryce and I became friends. In fact, Bryce met his wife while he was here in Charlotte, and I ended up marrying Bell.
3: Oh, so
2: wow. He oh, that's, that's, that's pretty well, neat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, hey, he got right <laughs> into your living room to talk about <laughs> your son, I didn't mean, he? We,
1: our conversation during recruiting had a little to do with David and more with getting caught up, you know? Sure.
2: <laughs> oh, that's but a...
1: we, I mean, Bryce was unabashed about his faith, and we knew it, and that was very attractive to us. And, and interestingly, if you got to know the other assistant coaches, Roger Powell, uh, who played in Illinois, Luke Gore, and uh, Matt Lodwick, and all the guys that are there, they're they're all very, very committed Christians, and Bryce has made that an important part of his life, his statement, his witness, and uh, that, that's that been very attractive for us. We're just so thankful David was able to play in that kind of environment.
3: Hey, Pastor David, uh, you're talking about the kids, you know, throwing balls and socks all early on. Was Marilyn enjoy sports, uh, or did she just like going and watching them, or was she active in sports before you all met, or...?
1: Well, you know, she never played sports herself, but uh, like myself, she was uh, raised during a time when cheerleading was the big thing the girls who were athletic did, so she did cheer. She was a swimmer, interestingly, so that must be where my son Michael got it from. Um, she enjoyed seeing our kids play sports. She, If she was on this program right now, she would say, um, I demanded the kids play some kind of sports because... They were more sane, <laughs> they yeah. were nicer, uh, and actually they did better academically when yep. they were involved athletically. Well, uh, you... So she enjoyed the sports, to go to the games and watch with me.
3: Yeah, well, you were talking about that earlier. I mean, sports is a microcosm of life. I mean, God shapes us with disappointments and hurts, and I would just usually share with my boys, guys... If you lose or if you fail at something, that, that's not a disgrace if you did your best. I mean God right. says, I want you to you know, to, to not do your best is a sin. And so uh, you know, that would you just could see the opportunities to teach and to even coach them, would, you know, through that. Yeah. Would you
2: Mike. tell your boys that when they were playing for me?
3: Absolutely, you absolutely. I would tell them, "Hey, Pastor whatever David, co- whatever coach Mike McGivern tells uh, you guys to do, you do it, and you do it with all your heart." You know, that's remember, exactly what you're supposed to do. This
2: is, remember, we're on faith in the zone, and, here. and that's
3: exactly <laughs> i i that is exactly what I would tell my boys, Mike. They, you know hey, what? Pastor David, they played basketball here at Calvary Baptist of Menominee Falls because Mike McGivern was the assistant coach. I loved watching. How he would invest in kids, and uh, he's still investing in people. So that's why yeah, that's why they play. that's why they ended there, and uh, we've enjoyed Mike McGivern
2: since. I appreciate that. You know why they played for me because they could knock down jump shot after <laughs> jump shot after <laughs> jump after jump shot. What was funny to me too is his four boys are are really different. I mean, they're all really good athletes, but way different personalities, so it was kind of interesting to weave through through that, but it certainly was, uh, was awfully the, fun.
3: The most embarrassing p- part of it all, Pastor David, is when they were interviewed about anything with sports, they would always say they got their athletic ability from their mother.
2: <laughs> well, the Lord just used that to keep you humble.
3: Oh, I'm humbled, all right. Trust
2: me. <laughs> hey, guys, this has been a, a great show for me, and 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 Pastor David, I just really, really appreciate your time. Uh, keep up the good work at Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Again, you can check uh, him out and the church out at foresthill dot org. You can follow David on on Twitter at fh. Uh, david chadwick again i i would do that and and pick up the book go to amazon and uh it's uh it's how to play the game and pastor uh pastor is the the author and it's just i think from listening to you i can't wait to pick it up it's going to be a great book talking a little bit about the life of dean smith and 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 how important he was into your life
1: no question and it was a book of love written for him, uh, obviously to honor his great life and the numbers, I mean, thousands, tens of thousands of people he touched uh, because he really didn't know how to play the game. Mm.
3: That's awesome. Thank you, Thank you so much, Pastor David, for being with us. I've just thoroughly enjoyed it, and I love your passion. I love your passion for the Word and for the good news of the Gospel. Keep it up.
1: Thank you, guys. Appreciate the time being with you.
2: You bet. Uh, Again, Pastor David Chadwick, Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Guys, thanks for listening. If you've missed a show, you can check us out at faithinthezone.com. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace?